Hello, children of God. Welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study. This is season four of this beautiful ministry where we go book by book, verse by verse, studying the true, incorruptible, infallible, everlasting, living Word of God. Now, before we get into the intro, I wanted to come on and say hello and blessings be to the ever-loving, living God. Thank you for coming back to another wonderful season. I want to encourage everyone to gather their favorite version of the Bible. Maybe some water, maybe some coffee, maybe even some tea. Get your notebook, get your pens and paper, because we are going to dive into the biblical teaching reading out of the Geneva 1560 edition of the Bible, and then the historical teaching reading out of a Bible's handbook along with other sources that you can find off of our main social media page at minds.com, Marie Speaks God's Grace Bible Study, and then we will go into a spiritual teaching reading out of the Blue Stone Torah. Now, these teachings are made to encourage and educate the church on the true living gospel of our Father who is in heaven. Now, a little bit of housekeeping. Donations are always appreciated. So if the Spirit so leads you by our Father to donate, please do. The links are in the description box. Or what really helps out is helping pay for advertising. How can you do this? Well, I'm glad you asked. A like and a heart and a share roughly is a donation of about $35 to $55, depending on your, uh, your friends list. So please, children of God, go out there, like, heart, and share, and let's share the good news. Now, let's get into our intro, and I pray in Jesus' name, we all get something out of this I get lost inside my thoughts and when I start to think Oh, the how close it starts to end up on the brink I tried so hard but all these scars they cut so deep I bleed I fell so fast from heaven it's like someone clipped my wings I can't see the crowd Can we stop this? 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Marie Speaks God's Grace. Let's begin with our Star Spangled Banner, followed by the Pledge of Allegiance and a prayer, which we will also call a benediction to our Father in Heaven. to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice Today, we are going to go over the book of Numbers, chapter 4. We are going to read and study how God directed Moses, Aaron, the Kohanim, the Levites, and then the tribe members of how they were to 
engage and have ceremony and celebration in their tabernacle, how they were to relate to God and have a relationship with our Father, and also of how they were to relate to each other. I pray everyone gets something great out of this Bible study, but I pray they get how God has an order, has a beautiful design, for lack of a better word, how God is a God of structure, and it's not structure to imprison his children because God loves us to be free but it's structure so that there is an order and there is a recognition of him and his honor and his glory amen and how we are to serve him because he is the almighty God he is the great I am so as we go into this Bible study Please, children of God, let's let's pray that we open up our hearts and our minds and, and our spiritual and physical eyes so we could see what God intended us to see, hear what God intends us to hear, and know and receive what God intends us to know and receive from only His mind. Amen? Let us pray. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our beautiful, wonderful, glorious, and merciful Savior, thank you for giving us another wonderful day. Thank you for blessing us abundantly in all aspects of our life and covering us in the loving, saving blood of our Yeshua HaMashiach. Lord, thank you for even our enemies looking kindly upon us and showing us favor. Thank you, God, that even those who attempt to mock us if they do, those who attempt to shame us if they do, those who attempt to belittle or disgrace us in any type of way are quick to repent and are quick to acknowledge that there is just something about this child of God. They must be serving the great I am. They must be serving that Yeshua HaMashiach I've heard so much about that is in the best-selling book of all time and so many historical evidence show they must be serving the great Savior, the only Savior of the world. I might want to get in line and serve Him too and accept Him as my Savior. And we pray that each and every soul that comes to you, Lord, with a humble and giving heart, Lord, we pray that they receive your honor and your glory, your wisdom, your spirit, Lord. May they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost so then they can go out. Go out to the lost sheep. Go out to the lost souls. Go out to minister unto the widow, the fatherless, the prodigal sons and daughters and start their own Bible studies or their own missionaries, wherever you call them to be, Lord. We pray that everyone who you know by name and who knows you by name, who has an active and participative relationship with you, Lord, goes out, is brave, has courage and faith, 
and leans on you for your direction. May we all acknowledge that you are not just our Savior, you are our Lord, you are our King, you have all sovereign ruling authority and we give ourselves to you for your service, your honor and glory always. As always, we pray for every nation. We pray for Taiwan, Lord, as as you spoke to me the other night, pray for Taiwan, pray for the persecuted Christians across the world. Lord, we pray for those being held against their will and any, any corruption, Lord, even here in the United States, Lord, Father, you're a God of miracles. And just like you sent an earthquake and those uh, those prison chains broke off, Lord, and you, you set your disciples free, we declare right now in Jesus' name the same is going to happen. They will set your apostles free. Moses will go there and he will say, Pharaoh, let my people go. And the Pharaoh will let your people go, Lord. And with an outstretched mighty hand, Lord, you will ensure that your disciples, your children, all those who are righteous in the Lord will cross that Red Sea and they will look on the other side and they will never see those who were persecuting them ever again. You are God of justice. You are the great I am. You will right every wrong in Jesus' name. As always, we pray for our President of the United States, Donald J. Trump, and all patriots worldwide who are fighting for our freedom and fighting for your agenda, Lord, and only your agenda. We pray for the other prophets, the other seers, the other healers, the saints. <laughs> we pray for everyone out there in the body of Christ, wherever you are in the world. May God continue to give you wisdom, courage, honor, and discernment. May God continue to bless you forever and always. We pray this all in the mighty name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Yes and amen. All right, children of God, welcome back to Marie Speaks God's Grace. Hey, old school wolf, how are you doing, sir? Shout out, long time no see. I'm going to have to message you later. We'll have to catch up. Uh, I transgressed. I'm back. All right. Now, what you see on the screen before you is our website, mariespeaksgodsgrace.live, because we serve a living God. And as you scroll down our website, you will see the latest blog and our previous um, live Bible study correction on the latest blog part you will not see that because we have a brand new announcement we will get to right after I do the normal intro <laughs> all right so as you continue to scroll down you will see our QR code please share this with others this will bring others directly to the website and it 
is considered a donation of $35 to $55 because you are helping to pay for advertisement. So yes, please, and thank you. As you continue to scroll down, you will see our many social media links. The main social media link that we use is minds.com. As you click on minds.com, you can go directly to articles and under articles, you will see our blogs. Uh, Numbers chapter four is the one that we are using for today's Bible study. So if you would like to read along or read ahead whenever we post it, you're more than welcome to. The new addition that we have on our website is we are now going to be posting our blog from the website so as you subscribe you will receive a notification that the blog has posted and as you click on the blog link it's still under construction but the latest blog is posted yay numbers chapter four so it's all pretty and decorative like it used to be when we used to send out the newsletter um the reason we started doing this is we are now um getting into the podcasting because that's where our father in heaven is directing our sale so we will continue to stream live on our social media as we do but in addition to this we will be posting our blog um it is going to be on podcast so we do have our blog on the podcast and we will be uploading the audio for each live bible study as well so you'll be able to find our our blog on spotify and um i believe two other blog sites i mean podcast sites but those are in the works but for right now definitely you can find us on spotify for those who you're traveling you can listen and have a good old time laughing at how wonderful god is with us amen all right all right so you have two sources now so i hope that helps everybody and we are going to get into the bible study now okay so numbers chapter 4 levitical families are assigned their jobs now i want us to remember that as we discussed in the previous bible studies um generally when individuals talk about or teach about the levites they just say the levites and they leave it at that but as we have learned and we have dove in deep into the study of the levitical tribe we have to remember that tribes have clans so the levites um yes they are basically the umbrella um that is under the nation of israel and then under that the the levitical tribe then we have the kohanim right because they are levites but spiritually speaking the kohanim are spiritually uh level higher than levitical tribe because the levitical tribe serves the kohanim but also under the levitical tribe we have several other clans which we're going to go into a little bit more in this bible study so spiritually speaking the spiritual structure of the levitical tribe is the kohanim grandar which is 
the high priest of the tabernacle, which at this time is Aaron. And then we have the Kohanim, which is plural, which are the two remaining sons of Aaron who didn't die, um, get drunk and go off for God's strange fire in the tabernacle, right? And then after the two Kohanims, for plural, then we have the Levitical priests. And these Levitical priests service um, and assist in the tabernacle festivals for the Lord to the Kohanim who service the Kohanim Grandar at the celebrations, every offering, everything going on at the tabernacle. And if that isn't confusing enough for those out there, then we have those in the ministry of the Levitical police with um, Levitical priesthood which we get to the clans right and they're the ones who assist with the oil making for the for the uh thank you father the menorah um they assist with the wicks they assist with the making of the showbread they assist with all the maintenance of the tabernacle so it is a huge uh, it is a huge ministry in one under one umbrella but it isn't just the levitical tribe and why is this important because later when we go back and we're reviewing the book in the new testament okay it at some point is going to say how the father the earthly father of jesus had to go to get um counted in the census because he was under the house of um that had to be counted right and he was under the Levitical priesthood tribe, where his mother, um, Mary, was under the tribe of Judah. So, to be more precise, yes, our Jesus came from the, the Levitical priesthood tribe, but he came from the spiritual hierarchy tribe of the Kohanim Grandars, which are straight out of the Aaron tribe. Amen? So only the descendants of Aaron could be high priests or in line to be high priests of the tabernacle. So this is how some of us, we have been incorrectly taught that the Levites were just priests. But yes, they were priests, but our Jesus is the only one that could be priests of the tabernacle. Um, high priest of the tabernacle, excuse me, and king because he came from both tribes within him. Amen. And that sounds really odd to others, right? Because as we're going to go through and we're studying the book of Leviticus, it's going to say how um, the heritage is only passed through the father line. But then we're going to read how there's a man who had nothing but daughters. So his daughters go and petition to Air, uh, Moses and say, well, why should we be denied our inheritance just because our father only had daughters? Go to God and say, you know, you made man and woman. We should inherit our inheritance too. From that right there, that beautiful story showing how God put man and woman in the inheritance category let me let me be specific in the inheritance of the priesthood in the inheritance of receiving the wealth um, pouring out of the heavens windows from heaven in the heritage of everything beautiful and glorious from our god 
man and woman were free to receive because after Aaron goes and prays to God and does a whole unum tantrum um, asking of a of the breastplate of righteousness right and the light the code lights up God tells Moses they are correct the women can receive the inheritance from their father and then when they marry it goes into their husband's tribes and so on so let's add this to with our Jesus so from the tribe of Judah and so the the Kohanim tribe um, with Joseph the father of Jesus this is how our Jesus is able to be a high priest of the tabernacle and a king amen so I want us to be specific because when others teach this incorrectly it makes it seem like it gives way to so when others don't know and they just say oh well we do serve the same god and jesus they they think jesus is a you know a really nice guy and he was a prophet yay great he did some kind of awesome things but that's not the case our jesus is more we know he's the savior of the world but they haven't been taught correctly that our Jesus is the savior of the world. They just been taught, you know, he was a nice guy who did some nice, nice things, um, but he isn't anything, for lack of a better word, special. But we know he is now, right? Because he's the only one who could be high priest and king in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, after that very long <laughs> establishment of foundation. All right, so you click on the link on, um, under our blog from the website or under articles from minds.com which you can see here articles minds.com which i really really love that um, social media page that's the main one that we use so here we go as you scroll down you'll see the link i'll be updating this with this today's live bible study this is our previous link right here and then it says right here for the historical part of the Bible study, even though I did just give a brief historical part, um, to go back to Numbers chapter 3 because that's where we went over also um, some part of the historical part of the Bible study. Amen. And Numbers chapter 2 we did as well. All right, so continuing on to the biblical part of the Bible study, we're going to be reading out of the Geneva 1560 edition of the Bible. This is my favorite version of the Bible, but whatever version you feel comfortable with, go ahead and read along. Um, just be aware that some texts might be a little different. Amen? All right. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we thank you for blessing this Bible study. We thank you for blessing everyone within the sound of our voice, Lord. May every petition be heard by your wonderful ears. May every praise be word, um, praise be accepted as a beautiful, glorious, savory smell unto you, Lord. That you accept our praise as a beautiful sacrifice and a beautiful offering of how much we love, worship, and adore you with our whole heart, our whole mind, and our whole soul. In Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's beautiful name, we pray. Filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruha Kadesh, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Amen. Numbers chapter 4. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and Aaron, saying, 
take the sum of the sons of the Kohanath from among the sons of Levi after their families and the houses of their fathers. So with that long introduction, we see why that needed to be said. We see God saying the Kohanim, right? The Kohanath under the sons of Levi, because this is the umbrella of the tribe that they are under um, on earth, but not spiritually. Spiritually, the Kohanim are above the Levites in Jesus name from their families and the heritage always passes through the father if let's say for example someone from the tribe of judah married a gentile or an egyptian which or someone from Cana, right um a lot of times in those days if they happen to be from the tribe of judah and they produce uh, offspring with someone from Egypt or from Cana, that person, that child, excuse me, would no longer be in line to receive the inheritance from the king priesthood, so to speak, or the judges or, or from the Levites or anything like that. You could only receive your heritage if you married within your tribe, not within your immediately family member relationship, but within your tribe in Jesus name. And at this point in time, until God himself changes the law, it is only through the fathers, unless there is a widow um, instances, um, then that would go that way. Or unless there was the instances of someone was an orphan for some reason and then they get adopted but they wouldn't receive the full inheritance they would see receive like the youngest child born to that adopted line inheritance does that make sense all right so let's continue reading numbers chapter 4 verse 3 from 30 years old and above even until 50 years old all that enter into the assembly to do work in the tabernacle of congregation so god wants all the kohanams from 30 to 50 to be counted why why does god want this well this is their prime maturity level of service this is their prime years of physical strength this is their prime years to carry out every single it's a it's a loving service but think about it there's three to four million individuals in the nation of Israel at this time. But there's only one Kohanim Grandar, the high priest, which is Aaron, and his two sons, which are the Kohanim. They're the main three that are doing daily sacrifices. We're not gonna get into the biblical feasts and offerings yet, just the daily sacrifices. So if every tribe of three million some or four million individuals had to do a daily sacrifices i think it's reasonable to discern that three individuals doing th that large amount of a daily sacrifices might get worn out so god would want individuals that are in their prime strength and physical and mental ability years amen amen not to say that they didn't service god before then or after them but this was their years that they did a service at the tabernacle regarding offerings, atonements and services and biblical feasts and so on. Amen. All right. Verse four of Numbers chapter four. 
<clears throat> this should be the office of the sons of the Kohanim through Aaron, right? The Arianites, in the tabernacle of the congregation about the most holiest of all. Now, Aaron's Bible handbook states a couple of things regarding um, the servicing of the tabernacle. And I want to make sure we read this part. The Levitical families are assigned jobs. This is the second census of the Levites. This list is between 30 to 50 years old, eligible for service in the tabernacle. The age limits were verified at different times. Also in chapter 8 verse 24, in 1 Chronicles chapter 23 verse 24. Verses 1 through 20, the Kohanites, which are the descendants straight from the line of Aaron, are the responsible for carrying the sacred items of the sanctuary after the priests have dismantled and covered them, which we're going to go over later. I'm very excited about that part. The next are the Gershonites, which we talked about, right? The Levites is the umbrella, then it's the Kohanim, then it's the clans. So here we have one of the clans of the Levites, the Gershonites are in charge of transporting the curtains and the coverings of the tabernacle and the forecourt under Ithamar's supervision. Ithamar is one of the last two remaining sons of Aaron, the Kohanim, Grandar, the high priest of the tabernacle. Amen. The Marianites, which are another clan under the Levites, are to look after and transport the framework pillars, pegs, cords, and also under Ithamar's supervision. The wagons drawn by a yoke of oxen are provided for the Gershonites and the Maronites. Why? Because they are carrying very heavy, sturdy items for the tabernacle. Remember, this isn't flimsy um, particle board items no 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 this was solid wood made from a specific wood tree remember we talked about this in the book of leviticus we went over that it was then covered with gold and gold seems really light on your finger as a nice beautiful ring for those of you who are married out there right or a nice little necklace or some earrings or i don't know where else you have your bling bling at but could you imagine several pounds of it coated on wood and then there's huge a stack and it's a huge um, almost football field of a structure that you're carrying so obviously it's gonna be heavy you're gonna need several couple hundred to a thousand individuals to transport this huge structure meeting tent from place to place to place is the beautiful spirit of God moves and settles down in the desert not just once, not just twice, but a couple, several times over 40 years. You see what I mean? So when others make it seem and they do a Bible study and they make it seem, oh yeah, they were just wandering in the desert. It must have sucked to be hot and sweaty. I would think that the Levitical tribe and the other tribes, yes, they were praising and serving God. And I'm sure that was glorious in itself. And when you love your work, your work seems pretty easy, right? But I could imagine at some times it was like, man, 
we got to take it apart again, God. <laughs> you see what I mean? But, ooh, I hope they didn't whine because we'll get into that later. All right. So that was a little bit more in detail regarding, uh, yes, the moving of the structure and the assignments in the clans of the Levites. But let's continue with the Bible verses. This shall be the office of the sons of the Kohanim in the tabernacle of the congregation about the holies uh, holies of all. And this is the holies meaning the sanctified items, which that was a ministry in itself. There was a specific uh, clan of the Levites that were in charge of making every single item as directed by God, which we talked about in the book of Leviticus. Chapter 4, verse 5 of Numbers. When the host removed, meaning the Spirit of God is removed, when he lifts up um, from showing his beautiful tower focused down on the holies of holies on the tabernacle, then Aaron and his sons shall come and take down the covering veil and shall cover the Ark of Testimony or the Ark of Covenant or the Ark of God therewithin. So, there was only a specific time when they could set up and remove the tabernacle, which shows God's order, shows God's direction, and shows again how God is very specific of what he wants done and when he wants it done and how he wants it done in Jesus' name. Now, I want to make sure I stress that point a little bit before we move on, because the world tries to teach, well, as long as you're a good person, you'll make it to heaven. No, God was specific on that matter too. Only through Jesus will anyone get into heaven. The world likes to teach, well, as long as you're a nice person, you're, you're within uh, God's order. No, God has specific laws that we have to follow. But Marie, we're not under the law. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not under the curse of the law, which means immediate death for our sin because of our Jesus, right? Because of him, he, we're saved. Thank God. But would God be okay with us running around murdering? No, which I rebuking Yeshua's his great name. <laughs> Would God be okay with us running around doing adultery here and doing adultery there? Absolutely not. Is God okay with us lying? No, no, no. And at the end of days, when we stand before our Yeshua HaMashiach and the court in heaven, we are going to be judged according to how we abided by the law. And then if we accepted our Jesus is our savior. He's going to open up the Lamb's Book of Life, and if our name isn't in there, we're not getting in. Amen? So, we need to make clear, Christians, 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 do not come in agreement with other individuals just to appease them and, and just have them stop nagging you or whatever the case may be. Now, you don't have to be like Miss Marie, because Miss Marie can sometimes be popping off. You know what I mean? Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Uh, <laughs> but do not come in agreement that we serve the same God. And do not come in agreement that there's a bunch of ways to get into heaven, because that is denying God's word. And that is, oh, that does not feel good to say. Father, forgive us. That is, that is denying God's word, and that is denying what Jesus spoke. Amen? That is basically spitting in the face of Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. Amen? All right. Keep it moving. So something I feel we need to 
review here just a little bit. Ithamar is the son of Aaron. Aaron is the high priest of the tabernacle. Aaron is also the three years older brother to Moses, who is the prophet of God at this time. The youngest son of Aaron at this time is Ithamar. He is given the responsibility of supervising the Gershonites and the Maronites in their task of breaking down and setting up the tabernacle according to what God has instructed them to break down and carry and how to cover it and when they could look upon it and when they can't, which the Levites can't, only the Kohanims were able to look upon these sacred items. Eve and the Levites, if they were to look upon these sanctified, beautiful, glorious, um, holy items in the tabernacle, they would receive a spiritual death instantly. <laughs> why, Marie, why? Well, they're Levites too, they're priests too, yes, but there is a spiritual hierarchy. And that's why I want to encourage other children of God, please go read um, the Book of the Covenants and the Book of the Covenant of the Law from the Dead Sea Scrolls. That goes into more detail about the spiritual hierarchy of the Levitical priesthood. Alright, next. 30 years of age to 50 is the ministry biblical age of wisdom and maturity to serve God in God's priesthood. The Levitical Kohanim from ages 30 to 50 were considered the elite and the holiest of all the Kohanim. So even within the Kohanim, the priest, the priesthood of the tabernacle, there is even a structural spiritual hierarchy, which is also confirmed um, in the Torah, which is also confirmed in the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, community scroll. Please go read that. It's wonderful and beautiful. So in the community scroll of the Dead Sea Scroll, everyone receives evaluation every two years and then every 10 years and then every time let's say they transgressed and i don't know did they were jealous which we're going to read about jealousy later in the book of numbers right so let's say they were jealous and they told a lie about their fellow priests well they could receive a casting out of service um from the tabernacle from anywhere from six months to a year just for being jealous just for slandering why because it brings sin brings down our spiritual level and in order for the priests uh, the kohanim specifically to carry out their duties for and to the glory of god they had to be at the highest spiritual level meaning they had to be on the spiritual level of angels to be in the presence of god and to execute and receive offerings and sin offerings and atonement offerings and everything else on behalf of the nation of Israel. God considers the priesthood a big deal. That's why when I see individuals who just down outright are going against the word of God and they're claiming to be one of God's prophets or God's priests, but they're just straight up blaspheming the Holy Ghost. I can think of a couple of individuals on TikTok. One is just, a, oh God, forgive us. One said that <laughs> Jesus, I'm laughing to keep from crying because this is such blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, which is the unforgivable sin, by the way. One individual actually had the disgusting 
nerve to say that Jesus was homosexual and that when he told Lazarus to come out of the grave, that he was telling Lazarus, him too, to come out of the closet. Do you see the disgustingness within that? Oh my goodness, Lord forgive us. See, someone like that is obviously a priest of Baal, which we were booking Yeshua's great name. So that is gonna receive a great judgment. We have to pray for those individuals because that's just downright blasphemy. Amen. All right. Verse five. Verse five. Only after the spirit, the spirit of Hasim lifted from the holies of holies, could Aaron and his sons enter together for the exact and only purpose of removing and covering, removing sorry the veil to cover the ark of the covenant or ark of testimonies. Other than that, the only individual that was allowed to go into um, allowed by God, let me be specific, allowed by God, um, to go into the holies of holies was the Kohanim Grandar Aaron himself. All right. So let's go into a couple of definitions because we all know Miss Marie loves her definitions. Definitions matter because if, if we don't look up words and we just think we know what we're talking about, we mislead the tribe, which is that is not what we want to do, right? We're human, we might make mistakes, but if God gives us a Bible dictionary, where to use it, and once we learn and corrected ourselves, we would come on and be like, ooh, remember how I said this one time? I was incorrect, let me fix that, it happens. We all make mistakes, right? Because we talked about that in the book of Leviticus. So here we have uh, the Compact Bible Dictionary, and this is my personal hard copy in Jesus' name. All right. So definition of testimony, a genuinely, genuinely, excuse my accent, a solemn affirmation to establish some fact and commonly among Christians, the statement of one's Christian experience, a testimony. In scripture, it is usually refers to that which is placed in the Ark of Covenant, a testimony to the word of God. In Mark chapter 6, verse 11, shaking off the dust of the feet and leaving an unfriendly city or an unwell house, like our father, um, our Jesus said, an unfriendly city was to be considered a testimony against it. Now, I, I pray God's children here, there's a positive testimony, meaning to God, right? A prayer testimony. Then there's a testimony glorifying the name of the Lord of all the beautiful wonderings and wonderful breakthroughs that our God has taken us through. And there's a testimony that we would do against those who offend us while we are in service to God because that's what happened Jesus told his disciples if you go to a city and you and they receive you in my name and they bless you with food and drink you leave your peace on that house meaning you leave a blessing on that house you leave a piece of my Holy Spirit on that house and that house will grow be beautiful and prosper amen prosper but 
If you go somewhere and they mock you, they shame you, they try and throw stones at you, which we know happened back then, but we, we rebuke that evil demonic spirit in Jesus' name, um, then you take your peace with you. Children of God, do not cast your beautiful pearls that God gave you on swine. Do not go where you are not appreciated in the name of the Lord. Do not go where you are merely tolerated or you're mocked behind your back. No, 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 no. God's children were not made to be doormats. Amen. You're to be a stepping stone for someone getting up to Christ in Jesus' name. Don't, don't let those individuals teach you to be weak. Jesus was, Jesus is glorious. Amen. He was never weak. All right. So let's go into the next definition, testament. More accurately rendered covenant. So covenant and testament. A binding agreement or contract between a man and a man or a man and God. A covenant. The earliest account of this institution of the Lord's Supper contains these words. This cup is the new covenant, new testament in my blood. Jesus spoke these words. In the new relation between God and man, this was thereby created through Jesus. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Without Jesus, individuals who don't accept Jesus as their Savior, their sin is upon them. But because we accept Jesus, wherever you are in the body of Christ, baby Christian or, you know, old school Christian, whatever it is, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, our sins are upon Jesus. Now, does not mean go and sin every day? No, 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 no. Because that would be being sinful. But if you're walking and you stub your toe and you say, ah, oh, shut your mouth, we're not supposed to curse, right? <laughs> and that sin for saying a curse word would be upon Jesus. And you say, oh, my Lord, forgive me. But by the way, that's a muscle we can all exercise that we could stub our toe and be like, oh, praise God Almighty for giving me strength or whatever it is. Kind of like Ned Flanders. <laughs> Anyhow, but to be sinful would be like you curse like a sailor every other every other word out of your mouth is just curse 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 okay that's having a, a a sinful tongue amen a knife kind of tongue which god doesn't want us to have in jesus name so i hope i pray that helps others and i use that example because i've said it before god has been working on my tongue right oh yes for many years i'm doing much better amen now i'm like ned flanders i love it it's amazing <laughs> Well, trying to be more like Jesus, but so I provided an example, Ned Flanders. All right, uh, here we go. A new relationship between God and man is therefore created through Jesus. The imagery in Hebrews chapter 9 verses 15 through 20 takes it even a further notion of a testimony disposition operative my accent sorry operative only after the death of the testator hence the reviser preference in verses for the world testament for the world testament y'all my accent for the word <laughs> testament hallelujah 
also there is differences between testament testimony and covenant now marriage is a covenant parenthood is a covenant correct when god takes through a breakthrough that is a testimony that we can then give a testament on god's goodness and glory hallelujah Ooh, I, I'm a rapper. Look at that, Father. I wrapped the whole rhyme right there. Ooh, I'm amazed. Praise God. God is so good. All right, so the next definition is about ark. Now, up until this point, we have heard about two arks, correct? The ark of Noah and the ark of the covenant. So we are going to go into the definition over this. The best... Ooh, here we are. The Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of Testimony or Chest of the Covenant or Ark of God. The word Aaron, A-R-O-N, is used of the coffin or the mummy of Joseph, where the chest containing the tables of the law resting in the tabernacle or in the temple. God told Moses how to make it in the book of Exodus chapter 25 verses 10 through 22 and Deuteronomy chapter 10 verses 2 through 5. It went before Israel in the wilderness journeys to search out the resting place for them. So what would happen like we read before, God's spirit would show down like a beautiful pillar, right? Like one of those Greek towers or Roman towers just have a picture in someone's mind. And when God's beautiful Holy Ghost a spirit would shine down on a location they would know that the tribe was to settle there and on that exact location where God's light was shining down on that piece of earth is where they would set and first build the holies of the holies and then they would build everything else around it amen when God's spirit would lift that would be uh, the supernatural sign and wonder for Aaron to tell the Kohanim his two sons hey God's spirit has moved. We need to go and follow him, uh, his cloud by day and his light by night. He, God did this for them the entire 40 years where they're in the wilderness, not just during the Exodus, like most, um, most might believe. All right. It was instrumental in the crossing of Jordan on dry land under Joshua, which is the one who's going to take care over after Moses, and in the capture of Jericho. Joshua prayed before the ark after the defeat of IA or AI, artificial intelligence, after the subsequent victory at Mount Ebal, E-B-A-L, the ark being present. Amen. Made all these possible because God's spirit was upon the ark, right? Between the two angels. All right. In the days of Eli, the ark was in the tabernacle of Shiloh. It was captured by the Philistines and held until the plague convinced them that the ark was too dangerous to keep. It was ceremoniously sent back in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 5 verses 1 through 6. Um, yeah, one, chapter 5, verses 1 through 6 and verse 15. By the way, Eli, right, he was the prophet in that time. He was the priest, right? He did a lot of things uh, for God. He was a prophet. But what happened? He didn't rebuke his sons for being wicked. 
children of God, children of God, children of God. Don't do it like the world says, where you lead, where you help the, assist the world in leading your children to say, no. You rebuke them children according to the word of God, meaning you correct them. Now, let's say for example, I said this example the other day, so I'm gonna use the same example. Let's say I teach the word of God and for some reason, one of my children decided to become a bank robber, which I rebuke that spirit of in Jesus name. And I know that they're robbing bank, robbing banks, but I don't tell them or turn them in or whatever. I'm assisting them in committing that crime, not only naturally, but spiritually, right? I'm bringing curses upon the household because if I was doing right by God, God's law says you see a crime, you report it. Even if they're your family, you report them to the authorities. That way you could be found righteous in the eyes of the Lord. There's, <laughs> I read the news articles and there's so many individuals and I'm like, how does their family not turn them in? And it's not about you know, collecting that $10,000 Crime Stopper reward <laughs> or anything like that. But it's about fearing God. I don't want those curses and plagues. E Eli fell over, had a heart attack and died. I, I, if I remember correctly, he broke his neck. All because he didn't fear God enough to correct his sons. Oh, let that not be us, children of God. Anyhow, let me continue. David brought the ark to Jerusalem in 2 Samuel chapter 6, 1 Chronicles chapter 13 and 15. After the destruction of the first temple, there is no evidence as to what happened to the ark. Many believe it's in Ethiopia. I even heard some, um, I watched a documentary, they said it's in the White House. Who knows, possibly. I don't know where it is, but somebody gave a prophecy I'm trying to remember who it is. I don't remember who it is, but there's a prophet out there who said that the Ark of the Covenant will be uh, discovered and it's gonna be put into the third temple. Now, it makes sense to me because it's supposed to be in the temple, right? And so they said when, I don't remember the whole prophecy, but basically when you see that the, the agreement happens to let Israel rebuild the third temple, that's when we're gonna see the Ark of the Covenant rediscovered. So uh, keep a heads out for that <laughs> in Jesus name, because we'll be the last generation to, 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 see it, to see our Messiah return, amen, praise God. Come, Lord Jesus, come. All right. What happened to the ark? Evidence happened. No one. Okay. But only highly speculative tradition and conjecture. Synagogues from our earliest knowledge of them to the present have had arks in the side wall towards Jerusalem. There in the scrolls of the law are stored behind the curtain. Now these are ceremonial ark of the covenants. They're not the true Ark of the Covenant that these um, synagogues and temples have now. But like we said, like like I just said, amen, there was a prophet, I forget who it was, I should have wrote that down, that said it will be found in 
praise God Almighty. God can make all things possible in Jesus' name. All right. So we went over the definition. So let's keep this definitions in mind as we read the um, next continuing verses of why the ark was so supernaturally blessed because God's spirit was there. Now, God cannot be in the presence of anything unholy. Amen. There is nothing unholy in heaven. So that's why only a certain uh, Kohanim could touch the ark. Only a certain one. Even if a Levitical priest looked upon the ark and they were not a Kohanim, they would receive a spiritual death. Amen? Amen. All right. Numbers chapter 4, excuse me, sorry, getting a little, ooh, that tastes so good. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Um, it's tonic water and lemon. Ooh, it tastes so good. I love the way it tastes. Uh, I'm not paid to endorse on my affiliated, but if you would like a sip that helps you stay healthy all through the Flu season, get you some tonic water. It has curcumin in it, in Jesus' name. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Numbers chapter four, verse six. And they shall put thereon the covering of badger skin and shall spread upon it a cloth altogether of blue silk and put, put to the bearers thereof. Um, bearers meaning bear on their shoulders. Okay, so excuse my accent. Now, this is the part I wanted to show you all about. Yay! Praise God. Remember how <laughs> um, in the book of Leviticus, when we were talking about them first constructing the tabernacle, um, God showed us how this skin, the badger skin, and some in some versions of the Bible, it says badger skin, but in some versions of the Bible and specifically the Torah, it does not say badger skin. It says pulphora skin, uh, excuse my accent, which is like basically dolphin skin or mystical dragon or a mystical huge whale that swallowed Jonah, something like that, right? But then some older versions of the Bible, um, like the White Clef Bible and I want to say the Matthew Bible, but don't quote me on that one. And the Geneva Bible, they say, wait for it, unicorn skin. So I prayed to God and I was like, God, I know you showed me an article of where I found all this. Please don't make me, you know, look like a fool because I know you showed me this. I just can't find it anymore. So, just you know i'm gonna i'm i'm just gonna show you guys because i'm just so excited all right the torah states that the covering was to be turquoise blue wool vices silk the color of the sky or the sea of galilee okay oh yay but the unicorn skin all right so the torah teaches the badger skin, but the unicorn skin, was the fur covering of the tabernacle. And the dye of, that was used to make this blue silk came from a mystical, mystical octopus, a mystical seashell, a mystical dolphin, or a mystical snail, which when the blood would be released to oxygen would turn a vibrant almost peacock color blue and this is god's favorite color and that's the that's the blood of this um 
this snail um, they would use to dye the silk this vibrant beautiful blue interesting enough um, if you watch several documentaries Rome the Greeks and other empires actually outlawed outlawed the Jews from or the Hebrews excuse me also the Jews from even dyeing any of their silks blue or purple because that's how precious it is now this just spoke to me how it's because they wanted to go against God right now many would say it's because they didn't they wanted only the royalty to wear it and so on which that could be the case too but I believe it's just like anything else people who hate God hate everything that represents God and what a better way to them than to kind of give stick their nose up at God and say I'm not gonna let your people wear your favorite color you see what I'm saying all right so next right here oh my goodness remember I told you all I love books I love books God leads books to me in Jesus name this actually came out of a children's book i have this hard copy i found a pdf online because you know miss marie tries to help everyone find stuff for free now this right here i found out of a children's science chemistry book okay Ooh, god leads us now it's called ladybird science simple chemistry and one day when i was cleaning my house um God said, Marie, go pick up that book. And I said, oh, Lord, I will do this. I picked it up and I opened right to this page. It is page 30. And it showed this, dyes, where it talks about dyes, how dyes were made during biblical time. Now it shows, you know, a Roman emperor right there. But we have to remember Rome and, and the Greeks and all them, you know, they were trying to conquer everybody, especially God's people. But the process is the process they would pick berries they would pick all these things like seashells and everything to uh dye the fabrics royal royal blues royal purples and so on colors but i wanted to make sure i did a screenshot in here too because not only does it talk about how it used egg larvae and it talks about uh the different colors that they use to dye these items sorry the different colors the different instruments or articles or animals blood that they would use to dye these articles like who thinks about dyeing a fabric with animals blood and this really spoke to me because i was like god are they telling us without telling us in fact they did use a unicorn or a mystical dolphin or a mystical seashell whatever it is to dye these colors i think so and specifically because god led me to this children's book of all places to assist with the bible study y'all i can't even i don't even remember ever being given this book or where i got this book from that's how good god is anyhow I pray other people go and check out this screenshot because it also talks about um, the Navajo Indians in America were expert weavers and dyers of, of dyers of certain red, right? And the Navajo tribe, it, well, almost every Native American tribe is said to be part of the lost tribes 
um, lost uh, 10 tribes from the nation of Israel. They said the Cherokee, especially the Navajo, um, and I want to say the Apache. I could be wrong in that one, but they say they, they came over on the Bering Strait, which in the Bible it said that God's people would be cast away over the waters and they would be traveling over land masses to the new land and all that stuff like that, that they would be sent all over the world, right? And so we were taught in school that the Native Americans came over the Bering Strait, right, when it was frozen. And that's how the Native Americans came here and they spread out everywhere. It makes sense to me because look how much they try to kill off the Native Americans. They, they genocided them. Oh, it was very sad. Just like what happened over there um, in the Middle East. They, they try to kill off God's people. Very, very sad. Anyhow, and then I liked it because this book, which God led us to, it actually gives a science experiment on how to create some of these dyes. Now, um, it's a book about science experience, so normally I would give a disclaimer, don't try this at home, but you're supposed to. So I guess just use caution, and if you're a parent, um, well, you're the adult, so you'll have to supervise yourself while you're making it. So uh, if you do do the experiment, I hope it goes well, and um, yeah, maybe make a post and let us know how it went. That would be pretty awesome. Now let's get into the badger skin. Was it badger skin or was it tahas? I know I'm saying that incorrectly, sorry, tahas hide. Now tahas hide would be the unicorn hide or the phosphorus hide would be the hide of the uh, mystical dolphin or the dragon or um, what else did they say? The dolphin, the dragon, or like the seashell or something like that, okay? So this is why I got this article from, and I was like, oh, thank you, God, finally, here it is again. So according to traditional teachings, the Tahas was most mostly probably a clean animal with multicolored skin. Some sages speculate that it was identical to the Koresh, the legendary unicorn, yay, unicorn. It is said to have been so enormous that out of one Tahas skin, a seamed tent curtain could be made, 30 cubits long and four cubits wide. Oh, praise God. And I know this is where it gets a little bit like, ooh, Marie, I love you, you're a child of God, but sometimes, you know, sometimes. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I believe I've seen a unicorn before. And I know this is going to sound odd to other, but let me keep it real. My father was in the army. We used to travel quite often. And we had one of those old school pickup trucks with a camper on the back. And I remember always staring up at the stars when we would travel and praying to God and, and, um, and trying to make pictures out of the, out of the um, stars and, and I remember hearing stuff like I just knew God's word without reading it. I don't know how to explain it, but God was in my heart. Amen. And I remember very clearly because I remember telling my mother about this, that one time when we were driving, 
I remember it was nighttime and the stars were so beautiful and I was praying to God. And I remember looking out of one of the windows of the camper and I saw a unicorn, a beautiful unicorn running. And I start asking my mom if unicorns have wings or do they have a, only a horn? Are their wings colored or, you know, and I start asking my mom all these questions. And finally, she's like, child, go to sleep. It's nighttime, you know, and she's so annoyed with me. Anyhow, I kept bringing it up to my mom that I saw a unicorn. And I remember so being so distraught that she didn't believe me because I knew that I knew that I knew. Anyhow, <sighs> granted years later, I forgot about that whole thing. And I'm an adult now and I'm reading the word of God. And I read about a unicorn in the Bible. And I just started sobbing and I was like I knew it was real God they told me I was crazy you know that as this child just making up stuff so others might not believe me others might be like oh Marie that's so sweet but I don't know but I I believe I have seen one and I believe they're real if they're written in the word of God now take it for what it's worth or Either I just wasted five minutes of your time. <laughs> but I believe it's real and it was on the tabernacle. Anyhow, the rest of this article talks about um, the horns and everything like that in the beautiful. Please, please, please. It, the links are active on this um, article. So if you would like to read on your own and maybe you're more anointed in um, studying the mystical beast of the Bible. Here you go. Here's a good link if you haven't heard or seen of it already all right let's continue where are we blue silk kohanams oh yay let's go to my notes the torah teaches it was not badger skin but a unicorn that covered the fur covering of the tabernacle and that the dye was made from the blue silk right of a mythical octopus or a, a seashell or a dolphin or a snail or even a dragon that its blood would turn blue when released to oxygen and that they would use the blood to dye the fabrics which makes sense if it goes with the children's book that they use animal parts to dye fabrics i'm just putting it out there only after the blue silk covering was placed over over the unicorn hair covering that covered the ark could then the items be placed on the shoulders of the kohanam now that's important only the kohanam specifically not just any levite only the kohanams those that were in line to be high priests of the tabernacle could have the ark of the covenant rest upon their shoulders but what is also resting on the shoulders of jesus the government praise god praise god praise god just putting that out there now this means what i received from this is that not just anyone could be god's preachers or teachers and i don't mean it the way others might receive it. I believe only those who are spiritually at a higher frequency 
to receive God's messages and words could have God's presence upon their shoulders like with the Ark of the Covenant. That's what I mean. It doesn't matter your background or your lifestyle or how you grew up. It matters where you are in the body of Christ. The Kohanims were at the spiritual level of angels. This is what the Torah teaches. They weren't perfect. They were righteous. Complete difference. Amen? All right. Only after the blue silk covering could... All right. If anyone was under... Excuse me. If anyone wonders where a church or government goes right, it's if they're right with God. If a church or government is going wrong, it's because they're wrong with God. Because the government, just like with Jesus, right? The government is upon his shoulders. The church should be upon our shoulders. God's spirit should be upon our shoulders. If we do not have God in our lives, if the priesthood in a neighborhood, in a city, in a state are not right with God, that's when that city goes downhill because the very soil, the land is cursed. Look at Chicago. I'm just going to say it. Look at LA. I'm just going to say it. Look at New York City. I'm just going to say it. Look at Seattle and Portland. Look at Dallas. Look at Austin. I'm sorry. I find it very hard to believe that there are spiritual Levitical priesthood quality leaders in God's churches or institution of churches there in those locations. I find it very hard to believe because if there was, in accordance with the scriptures, that land would be healed. There wouldn't be that high crime going on. There wouldn't be the mass murderings going on. Wouldn't be all this corruption going on. In addition to that, let's say every single church in those very sad destructive cities was outstanding and right with god let's just say what if because there's always a possibility um my next question would be like well why aren't they running in government because the government's supposed to be on jesus shoulders right and it is part of our priesthood in the body of christ is to be judges judges have a part in the government and justice system of any society there's a whole book dedicated to this in fact there's a whole book called kings kings one kings two <laughs> you see what i mean now for christians to be like oh they're so political or i don't want to get into politics you're out of order maybe that's not your anointment or your ministry good to go but if it is a child of god's uh, ministry don't discourage them because they're a christian okay god could be telling them to go and run for city council or to run for the school board because you know they need jesus or to run for uh these teachers union because you who i pray they get a baptism of the holy ghost in that in that area of the world but um if god's children only minister to other christians they are not doing part of their greatest job in the body of Christ. I feel that so strongly. Our job in the body of Christ, yes, to, to go get the lost sheep, of course. To assist others in growing in, in, in a 
in increasing our level with God because that's what the priests of the of the tabernacle did? Yes, 100%. But we're all supposed to go and get the lost souls, to get those Gentiles, to get those non-believers. We are to rule and reign over territories until our Jesus Christ comes again. And if your church is so freaking awesome, then why isn't your congregation doing this? I'm sorry, you're out of order. You need to correct yourself in Jesus' name and go out there and run for something. If it is where God has called you to be, can't everybody be like, oh, it's not my place. If your congregation has more than 10 people in it, odds are one person, it is their place to run for somewhere in government. I'm just saying, odds are. Anyhow, Father God, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. What are the spiritual priests and Levites in our own cities and communities doing to glorify God? The spiritual Levites of that city or town or neighborhood, if they were truly carrying the Ark of God's covenants upon their shoulders, that city, that town, that neighborhood, that business, that store, that school would be a godly institution. Where there are no priests of God ruling and reigning, there are priests of Baal. We can read this in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 46. For Jesus calls those who are inactive within the body of Christ, wicked, lazy servants. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 46. For the kingdom of heaven is a man that is going into a strange country, called his servants to deliver them his good news. And unto one he gave five talents, and unto the other two, and unto the other one. To every man after his own ability, and straightway went from home. Then he had received the five, five talents, went and occupied with them, and gained another five. Likewise, he that received two, he also gained another two. But he that received one, went and dug it into the earth and hid his master's money. But after a long season, the master of those servants came and reckoned with them. Then came that had received five talents and brought another five talents, saying, Master, thou deliverest unto me five talents, and behold, I have gained, un gained with them another five talents. Then the master said unto him, It is well done, good servant, and faithful. Thou hast been faithful in little, I will make thee ruler over much. Enter into thy master's joy. Hallelujah. Praise God. And also he that had received two talents came and said, Master, thou hast delivered unto me two talents, and behold, I have gained another two talents more. His master said unto them, It is well done, good servant and faithful. Thou hast been faithful in little, I will make thee ruler over much. Enter into thy master's joy. 
Then he, which received one talent, came and said, Master, I knew that thou was a hard man, which reapest where thou sowest not, and gatherest where thou sowest not. I was therefore afraid, and went, and hid thy talent in the earth, and behold, thy has own. And his master answered and said to him, Thou evil servant, evil servant, and slothful, you lazy, wicked, evil servant. This is what the master is calling him. Thou knowest I reap where I sow not, and gather where I straw not. He insulted his master by being lazy and slothful and downright evil. Who who of us knew that being complacent, being fearful, being giving in to uh, anxiety or such could be considered evil in the eyes of God? Who knew this? Mm. Thou oughtest therefore to help put my money in ye exchanges or the banks or the uh, stock market and then at my coming should I receive my own with vantage, meaning increase based off of, you know, the increase of the, well, now it's inflation, <laughs> but inflation of the increase of the product, right? Take therefore the talent from him, that one talent that he had was taken away and give it unto him that has 10 talents. Meaning if God gives us a supernatural ability whatever that ability is and we don't do what god has called to do with us he'll remove it from us if we had the gift of song and we don't use it to glorify god and bring souls to christ he'll take away that song from us the same thing is we are made to be writers and we could think of this great intellectual mind stuff why are we not out there helping write laws to help better the education system or write curriculums to be in public schools or whatever the case is and this excuse of being fearful and slothy god is going to call individuals wicked slothful servants because there's no doubt in my mind that god has been telling um writers or artists or whatever it is to go and write curriculum that is of god to be entered into the school system why not try there's no doubt in my mind because it's written in god's word if god motivates us and says hey marie i want you to go start a bible study and i turn to god and say god <laughs> who am i to go start a bible study for you lord who am i i'm just this mess this person who doesn't know much i don't even speak well father i have an accent i don't read well but god gives us an assignment he prepares us for that assignment ahead of time and then he is with us throughout the assignment so why fear whatever it can be amen we should be doing more for the body of Christ. I don't want God to be calling us wicked servants or sloth or lazy. Oh, no, no, no. We have to try. Amen.
Therefore take the talent for him and give it unto him which has tens. For unto every man that has it shall be given, and he shall have abundance. And from him that has not, even that he has shall be taken away. Cast therefore the unprofitable, y'all my accent, unprofitable servant into utter darkness. There shall be weeping and gashing his teeth. That's hell, y'all. That is hell. That is, ooh. There's no doubt in my mind the wicked servants and lazy servants who don't do what God has called them to do that they're going to end up in hell. Now, I know some are going to be like, Marie, that's not scriptural because they accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. No one who accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior is going to end up in hell. Uh, I beg to disagree. Those who are not written in the Lamb's book of life are going to end up in hell. But that's how I read the scriptures. Someone might read it different. Okay. We can always go to God and ask to confirm or correct us. And either way, when we end up before the Lord, we will find out, won't we? Amen. So let's go out there and do what we are called to do for the body of Christ. Marie, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I know who does. Jesus. So why not ask him right now? Father God, in the blessed name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, our Lord and Savior, I pray everyone within the sound of our voice, Lord, be given a word from you of what their calling is from you and only you for this life that you have given them on earth, for their earthly experience, Lord. How can we ensure that we are living according to your word, that we are carrying out a ministry that you have ordained us to? carry out Lord wherever we are supposed to be for your honor and your glory Lord pray that each and every one of your children receive a revelation receive a word receive a leading receive a guiding receive discernment to ensure it is from you and only you Lord and may they receive amen and accept your leading and only your leading Lord you are the king of our life we thank you for giving us our assignment. We thank you for giving our place in the body of Christ, Lord. And we thank you for teaching us just like you taught your disciples that are written about in the scriptures. We thank you for being patient with us. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Because we seek. We seek your rewards. We, we seek your guidance. We seek your word. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's name, we pray forever and always. Amen. Amen. I pray whoever needs to know what God wants you to do with your life, you receive it now. Amen in Jesus' name. Praise God. Now, the rest of these Bible verses, um, this is the Wyclef version of the Bible. Um, not Wyclef. Um, Geneva 1560 edition, by the way. And then it goes on to say how Jesus talks about, you know, when you were, when I was sick or thirsty, you gave on to me. And if you give on to others, it's like you're uh, giving them a cup of water, right? Someone who asked for a cup of water. You've actually given Jesus a cup of water. Now, I believe it's because Jesus' spirit is within each and every one of us. I feel that so strongly because God wrote his law on each and every one of our hearts. Some awaken that beautiful law, meaning his word, his spirit, and some don't. But if we don't offer someone 
something when they're thirsty, they're delusional, dehydrated. Come on now. They're needing Jesus. They're needing bread. They're needing... I'm going to keep it together. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. Amen? I'm going to move on because you know Miss Marie. I'll start crying because I love the Lord so much. He's so good to us. Amen. Praise Yahweh now forever in Jesus' name. But go read that. It's a whole, whole, whole thing of how we're supposed to do great things for God. Don't buy into this uh, false narrative that God's children are supposed to be up in the cities and the consuls and all this. Amen? Amen. Excuse me. Sorry. Ooh, tonic water. So good. So good. A little bit of lemon. A little bit of lemon. Tastes really well. Amen? All right. Numbers chapter 4. And upon ye table of showbed, you should spread a cloth of blue silk and put thereon the dishes and the incense cups and the goblets, which is all gold, by the way, gold, copper, and silver, woo, and the coverings of the cover it with, and the bread shall be thereon continually. Now this bread, remember, it never molded, it never rotted, just like fine wine, it got better over time. And they shall spread upon them the covering of the scarlet to cover the same with the covering of the badger skin or unicorn skin <laughs> and put the, the barest thereof, meaning on the shoulders, forgive my accent. And then they shall take the cloth of blue silk and covering of the candlesticks of the light and his lamps and his scuffers and the scuffed dishes and all the olive oil vessels thereof which they occupy about it. So they shall put it in all the instruments thereof in the covering of the badger skin and put it upon the bearers, meaning on their shoulders. Also upon the golden altar, they should spread a cloth of blue silk and cover it with a covering of badger skin and put it to the bearers thereof. And they shall take all the instruments of the minister E, wherewith they minister in the sanctuary, and put them in a cloth of blue silk, and cover the and cover with the covering of badger skin, and put them on the barest. Also they shall take away the ashes of the altar. Now remember this is for the burnt offering. This is what the ashes were. So the ashes, they remember they were placed on the certain location in the court of uh, the tabernacle and then God's spirit would supernaturally absorb the ashes. This is what the Torah teaches. So that no offering piece or um, even, um, yeah, even every piece of the offering was supernaturally accepted by God. Amen and spread a purple cloth upon it and shall put upon it and all the instruments thereof which they occupy about it the censers of the flesh hooks and bosoms and basins even all the instruments of the altar and they shall spread upon it a covering of the badger skin and put the to the bearers of it and when Aaron and his sons have made an end of the covering, how many? Aaron and his two sons. Now Aaron and his two sons that are remaining are the only ones allowed 
to go and cover each item and touch these holy sanctified items until it is completely wrapped up with the blue silk and the unicorn or badger skin. Then it could be handed off to the other Levites and then the clan members, wherever they were associated, uh, the Gershonites and the Marianites. But until then, if any of the other Levites even tried to assist Aaron and his two sons, the Kohanim, they would die. They would die a spiritual death because they weren't as spiritually holy as Aaron and his two sons. All the instruments of the sanctuary at the removing of the host, meaning God's spirit. Afterwards, the sons of the Kohanath, meaning Aaron's two sons, shall come and bear it, meaning it would be on their shoulders, but they shall not touch anything lest they die. Now, the Kohanath, like um, Aaron and his two sons, had sons. So, technically, the sons the grandchildren of Aaron are Kohanims because they are in line to be uh, Kohanim Grandars, which is the high priest of the tabernacle, correct? But even the grandsons of Aaron could not, no, 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 they could not touch these items because they would die. They had to wait till it was covered. Why? Because the Kohanim Grandar and the two sons of Aaron, the Kohanims, they had had an ordainment ceremony. Remember this? Where they did the waving of the food and offerings to and fro and the sign of a cross. They went through this whole beautiful washing and then and then uh, Moses blessed them and then God's light shined upon them and showing his Holy Ghost was blessing them too. Okay, at this point in time, the only the spirit of god has shined upon moses aaron and his two sons because the other two you know died so only four individuals right now have been i'm gonna say it but please don't take it fully according to acts okay not according to the book of acts this is this is just the old testament part at this point in time, in referring to just being able to touch the holies of holy items at the tabernacle, only Moses, Aaron, and his two remaining sons have been baptized, so to speak, by the Holy Spirit of God. Now, this isn't about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This is God's beautiful Holy Spirit pressing upon them. Amen. Now. Am I saying that they're speaking in spiritual tongues and all this stuff? No, 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 no. I'm just saying for the sake of the tabernacle, because I want to make sure I am providing a illust illustration? illustration for others to be able to picture what happened. God's spirit has not shined upon anyone else in the tribe is what I'm trying to say. Amen. Only those four individuals. So only those four individuals could touch the holy things and even look upon them without dying. In Jesus' name. All right. This is the charge of the sons of the Kohanam, Kohanas in the tabernacle of congregation. Sons of Aaron, the priests of the tabernacles, were permitted to assist in the carrying of the tabernacle items as long as the sons of the priests made no skin to tabernacle item contact or did not or didn't directly look upon the items in Jesus' name. 
verse 16 of Numbers chapter 4. And to the office of Ethiar, which this is the other son of Aaron, the high priest of the tabernacle, pertaineth the oil of the light, and the sweet incense, and the daily meat offering, and the anointing oil. Remember, this is that fine anointing oil that God told Moses himself to make. What the Torah teaches is the same anointing oil that lasted to anoint our Jesus. Isn't this beautiful? Amen. Praise God. With the oversight of all the tabernacle and of all that therein, both there is, both in the sanctuary and in all the instruments thereof. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, See right here. Yeah, so people don't think, oh, Miss Marie talking acts foolishness. No, 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 no. The Lord spoke unto Moses and to Aaron, saying, Ye shall not cut off the tribe of the families of the Kohanims from among the Levites, but thus do unto them that they may live and not die. When they come near, come on now, when they come near, to the most holy things, let Aaron and his sons, meaning those two, come to appoint them, everyone to his house and to his charge. Only four, right here. This is the confirmation of what we just spoke about earlier. So no one's saying, oh, Miss Marie's teaching some fault. No, 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 no. I'm just saying only these four were at the highest spiritual level where they could be anointed by God's holy, beautiful ghosts to this extent. The rest of the tribe, they don't get it. They don't get it. All right. But let them not go in to see the sanctuary is folded up, lest they die. They couldn't even see the items folded up. Ooh, Lord, forgive us. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take also ye some of the sons of Gershon, Remember, these are, this is the clan of the Levites, okay? Everyone by his house of their fathers, which the heritage passed through, through their families, from 30 years old and above unto 50, and shall go through the numbers of all them and not enter into the assembly for to do service in the tabernacle of congregation. So, the Gershonans, right? They're Levites. They assist the Kohanim in service to the tabernacle. There is an order and a structure, uh, in a spiritual rank structure, um, to being able to service God in the tabernacle. Not just anyone could be in there just doing whatever they want. This shall be the service of the families of the Gershonites to serve and to bear. They shall bear the curtains of the tabernacle and the tabernacle of the congregation, his coverings and the coverings of badger skin. This is on high upon it and the veil of the door of the tabernacle of congregation. The curtains also of the court and the veil of the entering in the gate of the court, which is near to the tabernacle and near to the altar around about with their cords and all the instruments for their service and that and all that is made of them so shall they secure so right here 
I want to point out a little fact. So we're reading how the Gershonites, right? They're in charge of carrying all this part of the tabernacle. So they're under the Levitical priesthood, correct? All right. So the Gershonites, they have offspring as well, correct? Okay. So their offspring start working at the tabernacle. Guess at what age? Guess. You'll never guess. Okay, I'll tell you, you win. The age of four. What does this remind you of? The book of Samuel? You are a genius. Yes. So remember in the book of Samuel, right? His mother dedicated Samuel to service of God at the temple, right? So after he was weaned uh, at the age of four, he took him back to Eli, which we read about earlier, and he left him in his care and Samuel grew up and became a prophet and judge of God, correct? All right, so not to say that at the age of four, they're out there doing services and all that. No, 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 only the ages that God specify could do the actual services. But from the very beginning, the Levites and the clan members of the Levites, the Gershonites and the Maronites, their whole life from the age of four up until what, three jubilees that they live, 150, their whole life is in service to God, but only um, service for the feast and, and uh, assisting in the feast and offerings age was 30 to 50. Does that make sense? Amen. So when anyone wonders what a precise expertise that needed to happen and the passing on of the heritage that needed to happen, it needed to happen at a very young age. So when the world tells us is God's children, let them figure it out. Let them figure out their own religion if they choose to serve God. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That's not in agreement with God's word. We're to dedicate our children to God's service at eight days old when they are circumcised. Now, if you don't believe in circumcision, fine. But you still dedicate your child to God at the age of eight. It is uh, eight days old. It is biblical. Then at the age of four, you start training them up in the way that they should go. So when they are older, they will not turn from it in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't let the world tell us, God's children, how to take care of our kids. God tells us, because that is a parental covenant with God, how to take care of our family in Jesus' name. Amen? Because it's really God's family. We're just on loan. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we are. At the commandment of Aaron and his sons, verse 27, excuse me. At the commandment of Aaron and his sons shall all the service of the sons of ye Gershonites be done and all their charges and all in their service ye shall appoint them to keep their charges. So um, verse 27 is a short way of saying everything I said before earlier about the Gershonites would have those and their children would be uh, learning and they would be under their charging. This is everyone they are responsible for in their tribe household. That's what that means. All right, verse 28. This is the service of the families of the sons of Gershonites in the tabernacle of congregation and their watch shall be unto the hand of 
Ithamar, the son of the high priest Aaron. Verse 29. Thou shalt number the sounds of Mary. Excuse me, I needed to get a little sip. By their families and by the houses of their fathers, from 30 years old and above to 50 years old, shalt thou number all and enter into the assembly to do service for the tabernacle of congregation. And this is their office charge according to the service in the tabernacle of congregation. The boards, that heavy, thick wood that was covered with either copper, gold, or silver. Remember, the, not, not silver, sorry, copper or gold. Amen? For the tabernacle with the bearer thereof and the pillars and the sockets. And the pillars round about the court and their sockets and the pins and the cords and their instruments, even for all their service. And by ye shall reckon the instruments of their office and charge. This is the service of the families of the sons of Mary, according to all their service in the tabernacle of congregation under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. Then Moses and Aaron and the princes of the congregation. Now remember the princes of the congregation. Remember that whole list uh, that I copied and pasted. Uh, I believe it was chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Numbers chapter 4. The princes are the lead members of each tribe. Not necessarily the oldest member of each tribe, but the one who was the most established in the body of Christ, the one who was the most obedient to God's word, and the one who was, how do I say this? Known for being the best servant to God or of God. Amen? All right. Those were the priests of the family. Here we go. Aaron and the princes of the family of the congregation numbered the sons of the Kohanams by their families and by the houses of their fathers. From 30 years old and above, even unto 50 years old, all that entered into the assembly for the service of the tabernacle of ye congregation. So the numbers of the throughout their families were 2,750. These are the numbers of the families of the Kohanites and all that served in the tabernacle of congregation, which Moses and Aaron did number according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Also the numbers of the sons of the Gershons throughout their families and the houses of their fathers from 30 years old upward to 50 years old all that entered into the assembly for the service of the tabernacle of congregation so the numbers of them by their families and by their houses of their fathers were 2630 these are the numbers of the families of the sons of the gershons of all that did service in the tabernacle of congregation whom moses and aaron did number according to the commandment of the lord the numbers also of the families of the sons of Mary by their families and by the houses of their fathers from 30 years old and upward even 50 years old and all that enter into the assembly of the service of the tabernacle and congregation 
So the numbers of them by their families were 3,200. These are the sums of ye families of the sons of Marion, whom Moses and Aaron numbered according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses. So, all the numbers of the Levites, which Moses and Aaron and the princes of Israel, meaning the leaders of the tribe, numbered by their families and by the houses of their fathers, from 30 to and upward, even to 50 years old, everyone that came to do his duty, office service in charge in the tabernacle congregation. So the numbers of them were 8,000, 500 for score according to the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses did Aaron number them everyone according to their service and according to the charge there were they of the tribe numbered as the Lord commanded Moses amen praise God so is anyone else wondering how oh good night good night um, is anyone else wondering um, how so meticulous, is that the word, meticulous? Detailed-oriented records were kept? Well, I'm glad you ask. That was a priesthood under the Levites. Now, other areas in the Bible, they would call this scribes, right? But part of being a priest was keeping the records. So every time a covenant was made by God, just like God told Moses, write this down in the stone, remember? Um, every record was kept and it was kept in the books just like back in Abraham's days when they said no 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 this is my land you know his descendants we're gonna bury our ancestors on this mountain I have the contract right here so don't let anyone else say that these books were written thousands of years after the case that is not an agreement with God's word because throughout God's word, God says, write this down. Amen? All right. So now we're going to get into the spiritual teaching of Numbers chapter 4. And we're going to go over the spiritual teaching of the Bluestone Torah. There are many different versions of the Torah. I just happen to have the Bluestone one, which I really love. Now, to avoid redundancy, I am not going to read through the Bible verses again. I do have one and a half pages of notes, so it'll probably be about another 10 minutes before we get into the Haftavas reading um, that is required per the Torah after this Bible study. Amen? Amen. Father God, in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior, thank you for this Bible study. Thank you for revealing to us the things that are not normally talked about in Bible studies regarding your word and your lessons and your priests and the priesthood, God. Thank you for showing us how we can correct uh, misgivings, miseducations, and in correcting these misgivings and miseducations, we are going to correct what has been incorrected, but only through you forever and always. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. Numbers chapter 4, 
is the second census ordered by God, Hasim, of the assignments for the Levitical priests and the Kohanim. There are laws for the Hebrews, there are laws for the Jews, there are laws for the newly adopted stranger welcomed into the tribes. There are laws for the rulers, judges, Levites, Levitical priests, Kohanims, prophets, healers, seers, wherever you are in the body of Christ. There are laws. These sidras, ascribed S-I-D-R-A-H, or laws of station, appointment, or anointment, were ordered by Hasim and expected to be strictly followed or and obeyed. The higher up the spiritual level or appointment up the scale or rank in God's army, the more laws, <laughs> oh yes, the more laws and service we are required, but also the more severe consequences are for disobeying God's laws. These were on, these were or aren't laws that Moses created, which is mostly said in the Bible, the laws of Moses, the Pharisees often said. But that's not the case. These laws are the laws of Hasim, our God, Almighty Yahweh, the Great I Am, He who is and is still to come, Jesus. And Moses even obeyed God's laws. No one is above God's laws. Moses obeyed, followed, learned, and then he would teach. Thus, it goes down the rank structure, what we are required to do down to the tens and to the ones in each and every household. God told Moses to pass on this rank structure as an example of we are, what we are required to do still to this very day. The Marianites and the Gershonites of the Levitical clans are charged with the most sacred portions of the tabernacle. Verse 13 in Numbers chapter 4. It doesn't state the continual fire was ever put out. The Torah teaches the fire continued to burn but did not consume the coverings. The fire was, therefore, not an earthly fire, but a heavenly fire. A heavenly fire on copper pots ensured a never burning took place. Verse, chap verse 16 of Numbers chapter 4. Eleazar was given by Hasim supernatural strength in order to personally carry the items of great weight that he was assigned by Hashem. Numbers chapter 4 verse 21 through 22. So that the rank structure of the Kohanim and the Levitical priests was counted. The counting begins with the most senior spiritually, therefore the most seniority as well. And the tribe clans, not 
listed were to be counted thereafter. The priests in order of spiritual ranking were listed first. All talks, excuse me, all tasks carried out by the Kohanim and Levitical priests were to be done with joyful praise. <laughs> this is where I said earlier, like I could imagine that the priests were like, oh, again, we have to move everything. No, no, no. You better not complain in Jesus name. We're supposed to have joyful praise every time God says, pick up your bed and walk. We're moving somewhere else in Jesus name. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Numbers chapter four, verse 32. I'm laughing because <laughs> I'm thinking of, I have some repenting to do. <laughs> Let's be honest. How often has God said, go do this? And we're like, ooh, God, no. <laughs> right? Oh, Father, forgive us for we have sinned. Oh, us bratty little children of God sometimes, huh? Moses did it, we'll do it too, but you know, we gotta fix it <laughs> in Jesus' name. Oh, to be more obedient. Anyhow, Numbers chapter 4, verse 32. Each Kohanite and Gershonite, and in fact, all the Levitical priests were assigned not only by tribe, but by name. Yes, by name. God showed member by member had value. Yes, there is a hierarchy. Yes, the priesthood bears personal responsibility to service of service to Hasim, the tabernacle, their fellow priests, and to the tribe and to the nation. Amen. Absolutely. But each tribe member is counted by God in each census because God is showing that they each have a value and a personal responsibility not only to each other not only to him but to themselves the Marianites in particular carried the most heaviest portions of the tabernacle therefore in order to ensure burdens of service were shared equally Levitical scribes were highly detailed and accurately recording keeping of everything that was tasked by God after each census was completed as ordered by Hasim the tribe of the Kohanim and Levitical priests and nation of Israel were all added together to show each individual is counted and loved and sacred by God to God Almighty Yah knows each and every one of us by name amen and amen praise God Woo! And that concludes that part of the Bible study in Jesus' name. Now, after um, a Torah reading or Bible study, the Torah teaches there are certain readings that have to be read. Therefore, we need to read the, Has the Haftarah 
for Bim Idbar 180, 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 18 through 42. And the verses that you see in front of you are from uh, that website, which is linked on the blog as the source. Amen? Amen. So let's read. Father God, in the blessed name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, thank you for giving us your commandments and instructions. You are the great I am. You are the king of the universe. You are sovereign ruling. Amen and amen. In Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's name, we pray forever and always. Amen. And Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be remembered for the, your seat will be vacant. For, and for three days you shall hide very well. You shall come to the place where you hide on the day of work. You shall stay beside the traveler's stone. I shall shoot three arrows to the side as though I shot at a mark. And behold, I shall send the youth, saying, Go, find the arrows. If I say to the youth, Behold, the arrows are on this side of you, take it and come, for it is well with you, and there is nothing the matter as the Lord lives. But if I say those to the youth, Behold, the arrows are behind you, go, for the Lord has sent you away. And concerning the matter, which we have spoken, I and you, behold, the Lord is between me and you forever. And David hid in the field, and when it was a new moon, Saul sat down to the meal to eat. And the king sat upon the seat, as at other times upon the seat by the wall, and Jonathan arose. Abner sat down beside Saul, and David's place was vacant. And Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought it was an in incident. He was not clean, for he is not clean. And it was on the morrow of the new moon, the second day of the month, that David's place was vacant. And Saul said to Jonathan, his son, Why has the son of Jesse come to the meal either yesterday or today? And Jonathan answered Saul, David asked me, asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, let me go away now, for we have a family sacrifice in the city. And he and my brother commanded me. And now if I found favor in your eyes, let me slip away and see my brothers. He therefore did not come to the king's table. And Saul's wrath was kindled against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a strang woman deserving of punishment, did I not know that you chose the son of Jesse to your shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For all the days that the son of Jesse is living on the earth, you and your kingdom will not be established. And now, Send and take him to me, for he is condemned to death. And Jonathan answered Saul his father and said to him, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? 
And Saul cast the spear unto him to strike him. And Jonathan knew, and he had decided upon his father to put David to death. And Jonathan arose from the table in a fierce anger, and he did not eat any of the second day of the new moon. He was grieving concerning David, for his father had put him to shame. It was in the morning that Jonathan went out to David's appointed time, and the small boy was with him. And he said to his boy, Run, find the arrows which I have shot. The boy ran, and the boy and he shot the arrow to cause it to go behind him. And the lad came to the place of the arrow. And the lad came to the place of the arrow which Jonathan had shot, and Jonathan called after the lad and said, Isn't the arrow behind you? And Jonathan called after the lad, Quickly, hasten, do not stand. And Jonathan's lad gathered up all the arrows and came to his master. And the lad knew nothing, only Jonathan and David knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his weapons to the boys and said to him, Go bring them to the city. And the lad departed. And David arose from the place toward the south, and he fell upon his face to the ground three times, and prostrated himself three times. And they kissed one another, wept one with the other, until David exceeded. And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, and bear in mind that we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, May the Lord be between me and you, and between my descendants and your descendants forever. Amen and amen. Well, children of God, I pray others got something out of this Bible study. I pray it blessed others in Jesus' name. I pray that we all, we all, we all, we all see how good our God is. How He is so loving, so kind, so merciful. If we would only follow him and obey. If we would only follow his leading, right? <laughs> Excuse me. I know we're not all perfect. and Believe you me, I'm not either. But I will say this. When we follow God's word and his beautiful leading by his beautiful Holy Spirit... Tough times aren't that tough. Um, tough times become so easy to bear when God is with us. So I believe that's why the disciples of old were able to praise God in the middle of the storm. Because even though it seemed like a storm to everyone else, to God's people. They didn't see the wind going about and the earth shaking as a storm. They sh they saw it through a spiritual set of eyes, God showing his wonders and his glory. Does that make sense? I pray and I want this for everyone else in Jesus' name, especially um, 
when it comes to concerning the next couple months. Remember that. When we see a lot going on out there, just know that God is on the move. Amen? Amen. Don't fear. Have courage. Let's close this out with a prayer. Father God, in the blessed name of our Jesus Christ, oh, excuse me, of Nazareth, thank you for giving us another wonderful day. Thank you for blessing us abundantly in all aspects of our life and covering us in the loving, saving blood of our Yeshua HaMashiach. Thank you for making a way for us. Thank you for preparing us. Thank you for giving us strength. Thank you for giving us patience. Thank you for giving us time to be growing in you, Lord, and to try and be more like our Jesus. Thank you for giving us wisdom and counsel. I thank you for giving us correction so that we can repent and make atonements. Thank you for showing us how we are to be more obedient and in service to you, Lord. Thank you for giving us your word so we can study it and never be taken off course. As always, we pray for the other preachers, the other teachers, the remnant army, the praise groups, and the prayer warriors, the caster outers, and the seers. Wherever you are in the body of Christ, pray that God continues to anoint you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. May we all be forever washed in the blood of our Yeshua HaMashiach. Pray for our nation. We pray for each nation that God be their king. We pray for all the persecuted Christians out there wherever you are in the world. Pray for all those being held against their will that God let you loose and set you free. Mm. You know that God is on the move for each and every one of us. Pray this all in the mighty name of our Jesus Christ of Nazareth, filled with the Holy Spirit, the Ruha Kaddish, and sealed with the blood of Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, till next time, children of the Most High, ever loving and living God, may God bless you. May God keep you. May we all be forever written in the book of life. I laid awake just begging to let go
Thank you.